This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Hello and welcome to MS Momentum, the radio show for people with MS, their families and supporters. I'm Valerie the Field Officer and our special guest is back for a second show. It's Ali is one of the new advisory community readiness and recovery people from Fiends. Hi and welcome back Ali, thanks for being our radio star again. Hi Valerie, thanks for having me. Now, last time we talked a bit about your role and what was ha- has been happening in Fens, within Fens in the last wee while, and this time I'd like to focus on home safety. Mm, awesome. So I do just have, after discussions, after the last radio show, there was a conversation about chucking your old batteries in the rubbish bin. Do not do that. They're dangerous. They go on fire. Save them, put them in a container. If you need to, give them to your local field officer and she will take them to the dump for you for proper um, destruction. They used to have to go to France to be destructive. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Um, do not put your batteries in the rubbish bin, ever. <laughs> I'm serious. Get a wee margarine <laughs> container and keep them for Valerie and I'll pick them up. It's I mean, another service offered by Emi Sotago. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> um, the good thing—the good thing there—is that with the new smoke alarms, the the batteries are actually inbuilt, so you shouldn't you you won't have have to deal with batteries at all. Good. Yeah, because I I don't like the fact that you have to deal with ladders. Right. Well, that's our job. We we come and get up on the ladder. <laughs> it took me a long time to get to the second ring of a ladder. Believe me. Oh wow. So, with this time, we're going to focus on home safety. Mm-hmm. So, with the newish rental building changes, have you seen a difference, an improvement in fire safety in homes, do you think? Do you think there has been a change to the general public seeing fiends, workers as people who can give advice before a fire? The ad campaign on TV, that was pretty graphic. That had the fire, you know, three minutes. Do you think it's been effective in pe- making people think more about needing to have an escape plan before they need it? Yeah, I I agree with you that um, these campaigns can be quite confronting, um, mm. but I think that they really need to be. Yes. Uh, I think specifically of the Firefighters Don't Like Fire Movies campaign that came out last year. Have you seen that one? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, so what that is really addressing is that Hollywood has encouraged a sense of complacency with fire. Uh, and the reality, reality is that it gets real incredibly fast and the classic trope of running back into a building to save a person or a belonging like you were yeah. talking about, it's, it's just not particularly helpful. Because um, three, these are three minutes. I mean, exactly. Literally three minutes. Exactly. It, it can become fatal in three minutes. And, and so I think what these campaigns are ultimately trying to do is, is get that across. Um, mm. And I, I think they do a wonderful job, um, regardless of how yeah, confronting That, that one was, because that's a newish one, that one, and I can't remember where I saw it, but I thought actually it's really effective mm. because there was a fireman sitting there going, oh. and yeah. I'm like, yeah, looking absolutely distraught mm. really mm. and mm. it was you know the, the um, Hollywood's really good at doing quite a lot of things wrongly but yeah. go, that's a whole nother conversation isn't it um, yeah so, I think that, that idea of yeah just being able to casually step out of a burning building um, in Hollywood is, is not not helpful at all and, and that's what that campaign mm. speaks to mm. it's pretty yeah it is pretty good now we're on to check it's alright Yep, I've got that done. Yep. Um, so check it's all right mm. is 
Z is mm-hmm. I had a look around and prep for the interview and there seems to be many things that we take for granted that are quite dangerous in our houses. Yeah, yeah. Do, what was what particularly struck you? Um, so That's before okay. you light a fire, yes. Yeah, and yeah. That, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So the check it's all right uh, website is is an incredible you cred, sorry incredibly useful um, resource for you know if you're wanting to use fire, um, mm. which a lot light of people, a fire, yeah, which right. which That's is a, a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, then this is a great resource to jump on and to put um, your address in and the conditions, um, and to see what the advice would be. So um, sometimes with um, particularly rural fire, um, you'll you'll need a permit to to light that fire. And what that does is it means that we are aware that... um, that you'll be lighting that fire and we can give you advice. Um, and, yeah, it just keeps those channels of communication open. Because I, like, if I see a fire, because I'm from a ruralish area, if mm-hmm. I see a fire on a private proper, on a farm, mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, has he got a permit? Oh, And you look at great. which way the wind's blowing and yeah. all that to see what's yeah. going. So I think what shocked me was that a large swathe of a t- of the South Island mm. was at high burn issue at the minute mm. because we've had another long, dry summer. And, I yeah. mean, the temperatures are ridiculous yeah. for the middle of the year. Um, I guess that's what climate change does. It's quite evident. It's yeah. quite interestingly how evident that is. Yeah, And particularly yeah, in central Otago. Yes. I'm saying that in, in my clients, actually, because mm. it's not the nice frosty days you used to get. No. Um, and... Consequently, there's more fire risk around because of that. Mm. And the locals are aware of it, but the, the, what do you call those people, the new immigrants into the area. Yeah, and aren't. that, yeah, absolutely. And that, and that's um, an area that we are quite focused on in our work is, is educating people who may not understand the environment um, and, and what those risks are. But I think, yeah, climate change is, is an interesting issue and, and it's one that has a direct impact on on the increase in, in fire. Um, and we know that, you know, um, yes. uh, structure fires, uh, the incidence of structure fires are, are decreasing across the country, but obviously the... So the, houses? Yeah, sorry. Okay. <laughs> there you go. There's that jargon that I yeah. talked about. But um, yeah, and then the the incidence of of veggie fires or rural fires are, are increasing, and they they will continue to do so with with climate change. And you see, I guess you see that, um, you know, across the world, Australia. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking of all the the lots of um, bushfires and things that we saw mm. quite vividly a couple of uh, New Year's. Eight, New Year's Day a couple of years ago, we woke up. We were in Naseby, mm. and my friend's son looked at the sky and said, "Is this an apocalypse?" Yeah, because the sky was orange from the smoke from the Australian, Australian fires. Yeah, and I'm like, he was, you know, nine, eight or nine at the time, yeah. and he thought the world was going to end because it was a zombie apocalypse. Was the term? I'm like, I remember right. that it was quite scary. It was spooky. I think, um, yeah. I'm I'm comforted by the fact that we have some amazing um, wildfire fire specialists in in New Zealand that mm. um, yeah have a really good understanding of of what this looks like and and how to keep communities safe yeah yeah because that's I mean that's the thing and I find it interesting that you said that these less structural like houses being and I wonder if that's because our housing stock has been replaced yeah, of course which yeah. is lovely because yeah. our housing stock is rubbish. <laughs> yes. 
Okay, so you can listen to this and other podcasts via oar.org.nz. And this time, Ellie has chosen another local for her musical choice, and it is Best Thing by Nadia Reid. Yeah. So what prompted you to pick this one? I just I just think it's wonderful that so many great artists can call Otiputi home. And yeah, I, I love Nadia. We saw her uh, live at the town hall last year and it was wonderful. Nice. Yeah. Never actually listened to her. Again, if you can get out and about, go and listen to her. Why did you cut down that tree in your front yard? I had watched it grow For many years since I was a girl And it seemed to shake My gravity just a little It feels like the pain is peeling on my heart When are we making it out to that island? Took me anywhere when I was you And I am all alone in Italy now And I could break it but I
for an emergency. Mm-hmm. So what would the organisation's role be in an emergency? Mm. So um, we, Fire and Emergency, have a really great working relationship with both civil defence and local government across Otago. Um, and, and the three services, yeah, provide a wraparound service for emergency relief in, in the region. Um, our career and volunteer crews obviously do a fantastic job in responding, but we also have teams working in these agencies uh, behind the scenes in the other R's. So we talk about the four R's, which is um, reduction, readiness, response and recovery. Okay. Um, and so, as I said earlier, reduction and readiness are the key functions of the team that I'm part of. Yeah. Um, and in that space, we work together with civil defence and the councils in engaging and educating communities about their risks. So, and that's Otago Civil um, Civil Defence and the DCC. So, I remember um, talking to Civil Defence, Paul from Civil Defence, and he was telling me that they'd got a Unimog to get someone out of things in a flood. So if there's a flood, which is more likely in Dunedin with the weather changing, what do fire emergency do? Pump the water out? I mean, yeah, um, we would play a a supporting role in that. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, yeah, fiends do a lot more than just fight fires, don't they? And and maybe another relevant... Part of of responses, uh, we have an MOU with um, St John's, which means that we respond. Memora- to- a memorandum Sorry. of understanding. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> a okay. memorandum of understanding, an MOU uh, with St John's, which means that um, a lot of our crews yes. here respond to um, medical calls. So first responders, yes. So um, there's that training as well as yes, yep. yes, okay. yeah. So people are often a little bit confused when the the fire crews turn up to a fall or a heart attack or, or something like that. I tell my people to ring the firemen. Mm. I have a lovely story where one woman was so excited. She had nine firemen in her room. I'm sure she was. In her bedroom. Yes. Um, she, it was a struggle. She'd fallen out of bed. It was a struggle to get her back out, but her, she was kicking her husband out of the room. She was quite enjoying the fact there was all these uniformed men in, the, in her bedrooms. Not much excitement. It is quite exciting when the fire engine turns up. Once we had, once many years ago, Terrible story. We had um, my niece and nephew who were quite little were turning up at my sister's house where I happened to be living. And they came in one gate and didn't understand that the fire engine was at the other gate. So they were like, oh, there's firemen everywhere. Got more exciting because the firemen put the fire out and then realised there was another fire. Oh. There was two fires at the same time. There was one in the firebox and one in the chimney space of a coal range. Right. Yes, good. We're a bit wrapped over the knuckles for that one. Yeah, I bet. Coal ranges are great, but they're quite dangerous when you let my sister near them. <laughs> okay, so you work with schools and, and communities as well? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm sure a lot of people know and may remember from their time at school um, the program called Firewise, which is run by um, yeah Fire and Emergency. So, um, fire... I'm old, so I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe your grandchildren or, or your children will, will know. Um, maybe you should ask them. They, um, yeah, so fire crews will come into schools and, and run programs about, um, yeah, fire safety, which, which is wonderful. I remember taking children to Central Fire Station mm. um, at Kia's. Oh, the, wonderful. The Kia kids would go through into the, um, yeah, into the Central Fire Station, which is so exciting. All these wee people were very excited about being near fire engines. Oh, and, it's a pretty cool space. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it it's is. an honour to work there. And it's quite um, 
it's I made my child when there was something was happening. There was some big fires a couple of years ago, and there was a whole lot of firemen at um, no, there wasn't. There was one fireman picking up a massive pizzas <laughs> at Domino's because they were in, they were all everybody was on board. It was a full on thing. It must have been a fire over on the Tory, I think. Mm. Um, and I made my son go up and say thank you to the fireman. He was oh, most embarrassed. They would have loved that. Well, you <laughs> have to because. I'm very aware that most of the fire force is volunteer mm. in New Zealand. Um, 80%. Right. Yep. Mm. And I don't think people understand that either, no. that um, the, are there many chances for people to become professional firefighters because the volunteers have the training and everything like that and there's your roles as well, which are new roles. So if someone wanted to come into the fire service, they don't necessarily need to be fighting fires because you don't. Oh, yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, yeah, I've never thought about that before. I guess I guess there are a range of roles at Fire and Emergency, mm. um, whether that be, yeah, community education like me um, or fighting the actual fires, um, which is, is possibly more exciting. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, dangerous. More exciting but dangerous, I suppose, is to do go in hand. And the cool service and things. So as an advisor for community readiness and recovery, what does the recovery part of your role look like? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I've actually um, just recently explored uh, that aspect of my role, role down at the Awaroa Fire um, near Tiwai. Oh, okay. um, so I was deployed down there in last month. Um, and so the recovery, the recovery space is um, a work in progress, but it is... It works very closely with other agencies like we've just talked about, Civil Defence, and um, in this instance with DOC because it was DOC land. It was massive, wasn't it? It was a huge area. Yeah, they did an incredible job. Um, And so recovery looks like working with the communities that are affected by fire to Mm. build back better and and stronger and for us to be, um, yeah, involved in kind of a facilitation kind of role there. So in that area, would that be around planting? Um, yeah, so talking to Doc about things that they are um, interested in in, in in recovering from that fire. So um, we had conversations about um, maintaining the fire breaks that were okay, put through. Yep. Um, not necessarily planting, but also uh, I, I didn't understand any of this, but um, I feel like I have a better understanding now about yep. um, the weeds that are brought through because of the fire. So um, getting all of that taken out. They've just finished. They've just finished a ten-year um, <laughs> program on that. So yeah, it'll be a big job, and and Fins is going to support um, the Department of Conservation on that. Okay, because that was a um, protected area. Yes. Yeah. Right. It's a it's it's a really significant piece of land, um, uh, wetland for mana whenua. Um, the, the species that are there are um, varied and, and yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. it was an awful, awful fire. Oh, that's cool. So you do you do a lot more. Your role's quite like it's quite broad, isn't it? Which is great. Yeah, it keeps things interesting. Absolutely. <laughs> Every day at the office is different. Yeah, wow. Well, I'm happening. often not actually at the office, but um, yeah, no, it's good. Office out and about doing stuff like this, working with the community and yeah. talking to different random people. Random people, great people. Yeah, <laughs> but that's. I mean, that's really good. So you've how long have you been in the office since September? No, um, so the the team was stood up in September, and I started in November. Okay, so you're enjoying it so far? Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it's incredibly challenging and, and there's been so much to learn, at, um, which I think has been obvious in this podcast. But um, I, yeah, I love it. I, I can't see myself moving anytime soon. But you're also, like, you, you're learning a lot, but you're also getting that learning out there, which is really important. Mm. It's one of the things I do with my job is I find out random stuff and then I tell everybody, like the batteries, do not put batteries in your rubbish bin. Upset <laughs> me. Um Banging the table. Bang, sorry. Bang the, oh, <laughs> recording. When you're recording a show, don't bang the table. Click your pens or wear bracelets, all of which Valerie does on a regular basis. Normally she has to bring a pencil in with her. Okay, so I've got the three-step plan, and we went through that in the last one. Yeah. But I really like the fact that you could – I did it online. Oh, wonderful. That's amazing. I did the three-step plan because you can learn how to escape a fire with your own house mm. and – I did it online and then I printed it off to show my child. So it was really easy to do, really good, and actually a really good thing to get your kids into maybe. Yeah, I think so. Or your grandkids or, you know. Anyone. Anyone Mm. into doing. Mm. Because if if you have an older person living home alone, you might want to talk through if they've got an escape plan. Because quite often, like my parents never had an escape plan. Mm. Um, I don't actually know if my siblings have escape plans for their houses. Mm. I can just imagine my brother yelling at everybody to get out. <laughs> but that's not if that's everybody if, if everybody's going in different directions, then you can't do a head count when you're out. Yeah. Um, like I've just told my child, if he can't get out the door, he gets out. We leave our doors open, so I'm not sure if that is a good or a bad thing when it comes to a fire. Like our bedroom doors are always open. Yeah. Um. I mean, really interestingly, shutting a door on a fire can save you a lot of time. Um, So if you were to discover a fire, say, in your spare bedroom, um, just shutting the door and and leaving the house is is, um, a great thing to do. And ringing, ringing. Obviously, obviously ringing 111 at the same time, yes. Some people, yeah, but if people are panicking, that can be a, that's not always a, right, you've got to, like, Get the animals out, get the kids out, get the photos out, get what it, you know. Yeah, which is what the escape plan process uh, really gets you to think about, you know. So so you've pre-planned um, these escape routes. So as we say, it's a three-step escape plan. Mm. So the first route out, the second route if that first is, is unavailable to you, and then the third uh, part is where you're going to meet. And so by pre-planning that, uh, it just takes the thinking away from yep. – um, and yep. that's, yeah, because then you're more likely to just react and get on with it, aren't you? Exactly, exactly. Because the other thing is, I mean, I'm, it's for a fire, obviously, but if there's an earthquake and things, also it's always good to have a meeting place. Yeah, yeah, if you're not wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think probably it's one thing that's come through in the last couple of years, particularly in New Zealand is, well, across the world. But with COVID, we've all been in our homes more often. Yeah, absolutely. And then with the Christchurch earthquakes and other things that have happened, it's like, what do we do? Mm. So do you have a grab bag? Do mm. you care about your grab bag if you're getting out of a fire? No. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the point of a grab bag, isn't it? And, and um, you know, th- this is... Th- this is something that we tell um, tourists and, and, and new immigrants to the country is have those the important documents that you would likely mm. need ready to go in a grab bag. Ready yeah, ready yep. to go. So you've you've got it there and then you can and you can just leave. Um, rather than 
you know, rifling through and, and trying to find them and wasting that time. Well, that's, I mean, that's one thing that came through with COVID is that you have your NHI number, which most people that I work with know what their NHI number is, but have those things, have your GP is already on a bit of paper mm. so that you, if something happens, you can ring that person. Yeah. Um, and I, I think things like that are, are quite important too. It's been really lovely to talk with you, Ellie. I'm really yeah. excited about your role. I'm really oh. excited to see about where that goes in the community. Yeah. Um, Wonderful. Yeah. I think it's a really good, it's a really great step for FEMS to have that more, that wider community stuff going on. Yeah. Because we will all know a fire person, whether mm. it's a volunteer, whether it's, um, or, you know, in, in my family, there's a lot of them. Oh, wonderful. Um, where do they volunteer? Uh, Mater. Mm. Which... Did host a national volunteer fire. Oh, thing. there you go. I used to go to fire brigade competitions when I was a young oh, woman. Wow, wow. There you go. A very long time ago, I was not participating in them. Um, <laughs> just watching, just watching <laughs> from afar. <laughs> <laughs> and they do have they at home at six o'clock on a Tuesday night. The fire alarm goes, and all the volunteers go to practice, mm. and everybody knows that's what happens. Absolutely. In small communities, fire alarm goes, and yeah. whatever if it's on a regular day a week. You know, that's the fire brigade practicing. Yeah. And, and often um, in small communities, and we know this across Otago, the, the fire station is, is a bit of a hub um, and that's mm. where the community goes. And so, yeah, really important to have that, that engagement and outreach. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I do know several people who've been, uh, who were involved with the new Cromwell fire station, mm. which is pretty cool. I was in there recently ways. for a call out and it was, um, yeah, I'm always, I'm always just so impressed by how quickly they get there. It's oh, amazing. It's like boom, boom, yeah. boom, done, yeah. and they're ready and they're away. Yeah, there's not much because of all the. There's actually quite a lot of practice that goes into being that organised. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's um, yeah, getting the hoses out and washing the engines down and doing, yeah. There's a whole lot I think that people don't understand that happens, mm, mm, and mm. it's just like, yeah, and as first responders as well, there's a whole lot that goes on there. Yeah, um, they do a lot. They're incredible. They, yeah, they do. Mm. So if you know a fireman, give them a hug um, or say thanks. Mm. Many thanks for your time, Ellie. Thank you, Valerie. This so nice to chat. MS Momentum uh, on air on oar.org.nz. Thanks, Ellie. Thanks Good for job. your time. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.